Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Regularly Scheduled Programming, where we watch stuff and talk about it. I'm Joe. And I'm Ashley. And uh, I think we have some news, or was there anything else you wanted to say before we dive in? No, we don't do the social media. It's in okay. the it's in the we'll, description. Yeah, so. we'll remember how to do this at some point. Maybe. Uh, okay, so, news. Yes. First things first, I have to uh, eat a little bit of uh, humble pie, I guess. I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast, but I know I have not been shy about mentioning it since it was announced. But um, so we got a full trailer for Andor. Yes. And it looks so good. It does. Uh, and the uh, humble pie that I need to eat is when it was announced, I was not shy about uh, my thoughts as to why they would make a series out of the least interesting character from Rogue One. Oh, real quick, I do want to say, I think the trailer came out after we recorded the last episode, so I don't even think we've talked about the fact that we watched the trailer. No, th- that's me talking about, oh, this is okay. us talking about the trailer. Because you said, I don't know if I've talked about it. and I'm Well, this element, like oh, me gotcha. um, I, just I'm... not super being into uh, the, idea the idea of this of show. Andor, yeah. But, and... Like it's not like I thought he was a bad character, right. and maybe it was just that like I was so focused on like Jin or Saul or K two or any of the other characters, but it's just Andor didn't stand out to me a lot. Mm-hmm. So now I'm wondering, do I need to rewatch Rogue One and make sure I pay closer attention to Andor to see? Well, Cassian Andor, mm-hmm. first name is Cassian. Uh, pay more attention to that character because if there are glimpses of this new show in his first appearance in rogue one like you know what kind of things he's going through his past that kind of thing um maybe he's a way more interesting character than i gave him credit for or maybe this is just what's making him interesting i don't know um i'm always open to change my opinion about something and it's not like i said i never thought it was a bad character yeah i like him um i really like diego luna as an actor so i'm Mm -hmm. kind of excited the whole the whole trailer just um, I think the concept of the show is going to be really interesting, like watching how the rebellion took flight. Yeah, I don't. And yeah, it might be how it took flight. At the very least, it's in its fledg- fledgling stages. Yeah, it's it the early, like. the early stages, and that will be a fun, a fun thing to kind of watch because I know, like, you know, what I loved most about Rogue One is, um, I mean, you kind of knew what was going to happen and you knew how it was going to end. It didn't make the ride any less enjoyable, though. No, and that's what I mean. It's, like, that anticipation. So I wonder if, like, the series as a whole is, like, we already kind of know where these characters are going Mm -hmm. as we meet them. We know the culmination of their journey. But to watch them get there is going to be really cool, I think. Yeah, so I am completely 
open to having to take my foot out of my mouth on this one because I, you know, I, I have no problem changing <laughs> my opinion about something upon further uh, exposure or experience with it. Yeah. So, very much looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, so while we haven't kept up with it a whole lot recently, mm-hmm. uh, we are very much very big fans of the CW DC uh, Arrowverse shows. Yes, we both absolutely love Arrow. It yes. it had its uh, floundering seasons a little bit where we weren't really super into it, but. I still stand by the fact, in my opinion, season two of Arrow is some of the best TV I've ever watched. And I really don't care who comes at me for saying it. I love it. Yeah. I'm not going to give an objective reason as to why I think it is, because I don't know if I could. But I, I think in that season, I I feel like they they really found their footing in that season. And it didn't carry all the way through the rest of the series. But like it's just, it's so good. Loved Arrow. Anyway. To the point, yes. um, this upcoming season, which will be season nine of The Flash, mm-hmm. is the final season for The Flash. And it does kind of tie into another piece of news, but we can talk about The Flash for a little bit. Um, I mean, we're kind of off The Flash. Uh, we haven't watched it in a couple of seasons since we, The Mirror. We, I don't think we ever even finished like The Mirrorverse. I think we started situation? losing some drive for a lot of the DC shows when Arrow finished. Yeah, it like having that flagship show, um, I think it really helps. Well, Having one character that they kind of go back to, one world they kind of go back to, and then, yeah, to have that anchor show kind of fall off definitely you know, because for us, it was like Flash, Arrow, Flash, yeah. or, or Arrow, Flash, Arrow, Flash. And then, like, you watched Legends. Uh, Supergirl. Supergirl. I have I never, not watched Black Lightning yet. Yeah, I never really got into... Is Black Lightning still on, or did, is that, has that been canceled? Because I don't hear anyone talk about it. Um, I'm not 100% sure. Either way, it was a part of the Arrow. Yeah, either way, we will um, um, catch up and watch it. Yeah. But like for me, um, you well, know, Arrow was so great because Green Arrow, uh, yeah, Green Arrow is one of my favorite uh, superheroes. Yeah. And um, I believe that we have been talking about doing a potential rewatch of the entire. Yeah. Which will be really cool for me because I've never seen. Well, I've seen off episodes of both Supergirl and Legends, but never, like, especially the ones that like crossed over mm-hmm. with the Flash and Arrow, but never like all together. So I think that'll be really fun. Yeah, so uh, to sidetrack from that, and then we might get back into CW Arrowverse stuff a little bit with the last piece of news, or second to last piece of news, but Mm -hmm. uh, Ryan Reynolds tweeted or Instagrammed. So he, so his trainer posted a picture on Instagram with him and Ryan Reynolds, and it had a red circle and a pair of swords crossed. Mm -hmm. And that's all it said. And Ryan Reynolds. Yes, and Ryan Reynolds. posted it onto his Instagram stories. And um, so, of course, we're all like, okay, he's training for Deadpool 3. And, of course, he immediately comes back like, hey, nothing official has been announced. Probably because maybe Disney lawyers jumped all over him. Who knows? Um, Or it could just be the game that Ryan Reynolds loves to play. Oh, and he does. And he does it well. Um, Because I think he still maintains that he never leaked the, uh, the Deadpool Correct. Uh, footage. He does. 
Um, which uh, we do, I don't think we know for sure one way or the other. There is very strong speculation to the fact that he leaked that footage, which is what got us Deadpool to begin with. Right. And so, um, you know, D23 is coming up. And so this could also just be building hype for the announcement that we're all kind of bracing ourselves for, hoping for, preparing for. Uh, you know, just I'm I really hope that that's true because he needs to be in the Disney. Well, yeah. he needs to be in the MCU. Well, and, and since we're talking about Deadpool. So if I remember correctly, you weren't that familiar or into the character before the first movie i didn't know really anything about him like i knew i kind of knew that he was kind of like a i'm for lack of a better term like a meta superhero like oh yeah he kind of makes fun he breaks the fourth he wall. breaks the fourth wall he i knew he had like history with spider-man like i knew i mean i guess i knew more than like some rando going into the movie theater to see deadpool but like first of all i love ryan reynolds uh, for many, many reasons, two of which are he is hot and he is super funny. And yeah. I think if I was going to rank funny versus hot, it would be funny every time. I love his I loved his movies. He seemed really enthusiastic about playing the character. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I'd be the first to admit I didn't really know that well, much no, about did... him. But now I just I love. No, yeah. And, and, and my point wasn't, you know, anything negative. It was just like, you know, these movies have made you a fan of the character. Yes. Um, I too am a very big fan of, uh, Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Uh, for one, yes, he is hot. And two, he's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically one, one and two on my list. <laughs> um, okay. So but hold I, on just a sec. I just oh, want to say like, I just, I, every time I think about him interacting with some of the pre-existing characters in the MCU, it just, it makes me so happy. Like I could just imagine like him playing off of Dr. Strange or like potentially playing off of Tom Holland um, I think him and Shang Chi would be really funny. Like every, it's just every time I think about it, I just like even the serious characters. It would be hilarious. Well, the serious characters are what would make it more. And funny. I love like your idea. I you said this before. I don't know on the podcast, but like the fact that like they make it a PG thirteen movie, and like Deadpool kind of plays off the fact that like they're in Disney now. They have to like keep it pg yeah so <laughs> i i don't know if this is fully 100 percent an original idea i know since i've thought of it i've seen other people say it so i'm not mm-hmm. going to take like full credit because i think it's a pretty obvious joke and i think of i've course. mentioned it on the podcast but like the idea that deadpool is in a team-up pg-13 mcu movie where he knows that he's in a pg-13 setting Mm-hmm. and is constantly censoring himself, and especially down to the fact, and I don't know if they would do this, but especially to the point where he knows that he gets one fuck in the movie. Yeah. And he's constantly almost saying it, but then stopping, waiting for that perfect, for the perfect moment. moment. <laughs> and then, in my opinion, the only way that it gets even better than that is for somebody else to steal the moment. Yeah. Or, like, uh, maybe he doesn't get to do it at all. Like, yeah. for whatever reason, and then, like, we get, like, an end credit, yeah. like, a post-credit scene of him saying it or something. I don't know. I just, I'm super excited about the possibilities, and, um, yeah. Because yeah, I think, I think Feige, um, Kevin Feige, the godfather of the MCU, I think he's mentioned that Deadpool is part of the MCU. It's mm-hmm. not just that they're gonna continue making the, the movie, or, 
no, you he, know, make the next movie. But yeah, he is a part of the MCU. It's just getting a move like, and it it's just bringing him into the MCU is the thing. And yeah, in that picture, he did look super ripped. He was like Blade look, Three ripped. Yeah, uh, yeah, because uh, I know in Deadpool in the first Deadpool movie, they at uh, the the climactic uh, finale scene. I think is supposed to look like they're on a downed helicarrier. Mm-hmm. So like a shield helicarrier. So that's, you know, like a, we're, you know, we're making, we're acknowledging the existence of these things, but we can't call it we, out. Yeah. We so. can't call it that thing. Um, so yeah. Uh, the second to last piece of news, mm-hmm. this kind of ties into some of the DCCW stuff is so HBO max and discovery plus have announced a merger. Yes. Well, HB- Warner Brothers and Discovery. Warner Brothers and Discovery have announced that HBO Max is basically uh, going to be absorbed. Is my understanding is a- HBO Max is going to be absorbed by Dis- by Discovery Plus? Oh, I didn't read that much into that, but my my point on the news because it's like I don't know one streaming service joining or becoming another or whatever. It's it's just part of the the endless tides that we get now. But my point was with actually, I think a little bit before the announcement of this merger, the um, HBO or WB rather made some very uh, sweeping motions with their movie and show slate mm-hmm. um, uh, that's supposed to be coming up in the future. Uh, notable one was the cancellation of Batgirl. Yeah, it's fully shelved. Uh, from what I understand, it's dead. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not even shelved. Yeah, it's dead. I mean, well, I mean, I guess they made it. Yeah. And they just decided to shelve it, which to me brings to the question of like, so, I mean, other than the fact that they probably spent a shit ton more money on it, why the hell are we getting a flash with Ezra Miller? Yeah. I mean, I know we, That's a lot of we have not opinions. gone into the whole thing with Ezra Miller and their situation. Um, probably because we just don't even know how to delve into this. It's it's not even worth it. uh, It's not even worth it. But to me, it's like, so the rumors that I've read on Twitter, I don't know if you've read this, other people have read this, is basically that the movie was crap. So, yeah, I think the official line is that it wasn't testing well. Yeah, it wasn't testing well. But some of those numbers, uh, from what I've seen, have been coming out, and I've seen a lot of people saying that it's not testing any worse than some other movies that have been released. Exactly. And so, you know, it does bear the question of, so why is this movie getting shelved and why aren't they shelving The Flash, which arguably they should because it's going to be a PR nightmare. Yeah, probably. Um, I don't know if that was your point. <laughs> well, I mean, it's part of the point because, and I don't have the full list of what they yeah. well, and here, and uh, say, canceled. And we've said it before. We're not that into, we're not as into the DC movie verse mm-hmm. as we are into the MCU. Um, and so for me, like, I'm not, I would not call myself a fan mm-hmm. of the DC movie universe. So because of that, I'm very much like I'm not clamoring for this movie they made. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Ezra Miller has made it a nightmare for them makes it even more so like, then why are we doing this? You know, mm-hmm. like, but I could understand from a fan perspective, like that actually enjoys these movies. Cause I've seen the argument on Twitter. Like I really like these movies and I really liked Ezra Miller as the flash and I want to see him, you know, continue on or just, you know, Hey, they already made this movie. Yeah. They already spent this money. Why not just release it? And technically they could release it with minimal fanfare. They could just put it out. Yeah. But the, I mean, the same could be said for Batgirl. That's true. 
Um, they could have relegated Batgirl to streaming. Yeah, any number of things. But like, mm-hmm. I mean, and for us with the whole Flash Ezra Miller thing, Ezra Miller thing is at that time we were very much big fans of the Flash on CW, and we were like, why aren't they just using Grant Gustin? Seriously. They have a Flash. They have they have a Flash, a very good Flash. Um, I mean, they could still do it. Yeah, but there's they, you know there's a lot of um, speculation going around that it could be more related to some social or political things as to what they chose to uh, cancel, and I, mean, I yeah, think it's female, as valid as any other thing. Female led, I was going to mention that too. Female led properties, I mean, unfortunately, female led superhero properties specifically don't tend to fare as well. Um, I wish for, that I wish that reason. wasn't the case. Um, because I will just say right now, women make up a big majority, uh, not a big majority, but a big amount of the audience that goes to see superhero movies, not just because we're getting dragged along, but because we genuinely enjoy them. And if you have a, a female-led movie that we can get excited about, and I'll, I will be perfectly honest, I totally forgot they were even making that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason until I read about it that they were canceling or they were shelving it or it was dead or whatever, I was like, oh, I forgot they were making that again. Could also be because I don't follow the DC movie universe as well. But still. one of the main reasons why is because well, one, you know, I enjoy the Bat Family in general, mm-hmm. um, and I've been eagerly awaiting them making a, uh, a Nightwing movie. Mm-hmm. But also. Um, you know, I like the character of Batgirl. I think she it's a really it's a really interesting, cool character. And also, uh, the Batgirl movie was going to have Michael Keaton in it. Yeah. But like, I don't know. It's like if it's there, why not just release even if you just drop it on Max? Like That's what I'm saying. Like, why not just relegate it to streaming? How like I don't understand how a movie can be so by their logic, can be so bad <laughs> that you're like, we've spent millions of dollars. It's better for us to do nothing with it yeah. than to release it. Yeah. I don't understand that. I don't either. Um, but so another piece of the news is they I think they had like an investor call for WB or something like that. Mm-hmm. And somebody there, I don't remember who, uh, made mention that they are transitioning or shifting to doing a... Um, MCU-style movie universe with the DC properties, Mm -hmm. which they've said they were doing before, but apparently now they have a 10-year plan. So it seems like it's not just like we want a shared universe. It kind of seems like, well, you know that stuff that Marvel did where they started with Iron Man, they started with Captain America, and there were these you know kind of loose threads that you could tell they existed in the same world, but they weren't connected, quote-unquote. Yeah. Um, and then it turns out that we get Avengers and everything is very tightly connected. Yeah. Um, so it seems like that might be their plan going forward with um, with the DC properties. And like, you know, I'm fine with it um, either way. I don't I really liked the idea that they were going with a few years ago where, well, they put forth this idea at one point where they were like, you know what? We're, we're done with the shared universe thing. What we're going to do is we're going to give our property, not give, but we're going to have our properties represented by directors and writers that are passionate about it, that are going to bring something to it and let it tell its own story. Yeah. Not be confined to existing in the same world as Wonder Woman or in the same world as Superman. We, yeah. You know, that's, I think that's why we got Joker. Yeah. Um, I think that's why we got the Batman with, um, oh, I'm blanking on his name. Ben Affleck? Um, no. 
The Batman. <laughs> oh, The Bat with Robert Pattinson? Yes, Robert Pattinson. Uh-huh. And I really liked that idea. I just, I don't think they really tried to do it that much. My thing is, is um, they're trying to emulate the success of something that already exists. Mm-hmm. They want to take, they want to take the, and the thing is that is not, people are remaking shit all the time. They're rebooting, they're remaking, they're whatever. So I could, I could definitely see them looking at the MCU and seeing that like, I mean, arguably Phase four has been widely not, I wouldn't say not liked, but it has not been as well liked as some of the other, some of the previous phases of the MCU. Um, but overall it has, it, it, but they still make money. Yeah. It still makes money hand over fist, you mm-hmm. know, um, because in a way like the fans are on board already. Yeah. So I could see some executives being like, Hey, look over there. Look at all the money they're making. Look at what they're doing. Why can't we do that? But at the same time, I agree with you. Like, why? Not that the Justice League and all that wasn't, like, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, or, well, I guess I didn't see it. But, like, yeah. people really liked it, um, it seems mm-hmm. like. Eh. But at the same time, it's like, but you don't have to do that. I also personally felt like it was really rushed. Like, how long did it take us to get to the Avengers as opposed to, like, what was it, like, two years before we got a Justice League movie? Yeah, I, yeah, I don't remember the exact timeline. I don't but feel it like did they, happen. they let us sit with these characters for long enough. Yeah, that's, um, like, that's one of the big criticisms I've heard is, like, they want to... Uh, it's at that time. It seemed like they wanted to kind of capture that magic in the bottle that um, uh, the MCU was having, but mm-hmm. without really devoting the time and effort. To right, it. exactly. They're like, We're um, just and that's speculation. Throw this. I, and that's yeah. speculation. I'm not saying that there was that it was effortless. I'm not saying that you know they they shortchanged themselves. All I'm saying is that was the buzz I was getting. Yeah. In my opinion, mm-hmm. I do very much prefer the way the MCU does it. It's here's a character with their movie and their story. Here's another character with their movie and their story. Here's another character with their movie and their story. And then we bring them together. Yeah. And then after they've done that for a while and you get used to this idea that like, you know, these things live in the same place. Mm -hmm. Then they start with every movie has some tie to another one. Right. And that's, I think that they're rebuilding that now with phase four, excuse me. And maybe that's like why, Maybe that's why Phase 4 hasn't been quite as well enjoyed is because people forget that, like, this is how this is how we started from the beginning. We started with Iron Man mm-hmm. and Captain America and Thor. And so now we're doing, now we have, and like... Hulk. And Hulk. Incredible yeah. Hulk, yeah. Incredible Hulk. Then we have, we have Shang-Chi. We have, you know, these other movies that, like, the Eternals. Yeah. Uh, we have Doctor Strange again. You know, so, like... It's kind of like a redoing of the phase one, but we already kind of know a little bit. Well, for me, like, I don't know. I I have enjoyed phase four. Yeah. I think you've been saying I haven't enjoyed it. But the thing is, I think you have enjoyed it more than maybe you think you do because the ones that are sticking out are, I think, like, you know, Spider-Man. Yeah. I, I always forget that Spider-Man is part of Phase 4. <laughs> yeah, Spider, uh, Spider-Man, No Way Home. Yeah. Uh, Shang-Chi. Um, was Black Widow technically part of Phase 4? I think so. Well, no, I think she was the end of Phase 3. Either way. But she got pushed back. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, Eternals, we need to do a rewatch on. But then we got Doctor Strange, which you really liked. Mm-hmm. Eternals. Um, 
I said Eternals, um, Thor, Love, and Thunder, which we both enjoyed. Yeah, we did. Um, so, I'm not like, saying... I don't think there's as many misses as you think there are. No, I'm not saying, like, misses. Th- to me, the general consensus I'm getting is, like, I think that people are forgetting that, like, and myself maybe included, is, like, I think that because it's been so long since we started with new, mm-hmm. that, like, we forgot what that felt like to begin with well i think okay i think what you're actually and i think we mentioned this before i think what it is it's not so much about like starting with new and stuff like that. it's that we we hit 11 yeah with uh end game yeah and then we have to readjust back down to one with yeah. getting these intros and origins and continuations of stories it's like when that are It's aren't... like when you have the TV up too loud and your mom tells you to turn it down and then you're like, but I can't hear it. Yeah. And if you just give it a minute, you can hear yeah. it. <laughs> but anyway, back to DC. Back so to they DC, have a 10 year plan, apparently. I mean, look, if they have a 10 year plan, I guess we're, we're all going to probably be here for 10 years. See what they do. I'd be really interested to see if maybe somebody there whoever is gonna helm this ship is like you know what we're gonna do we're gonna spend five years making movies without doing a batman yeah I mean, like like bring like get it get it rolling with some different because like when they made iron man yeah in the mc i don't think they i don't think iron man was as popular as um, a lot of the other characters in the comics well not just that but people seem to forget that when they cast robert downey jr it was a very controversial choice mm-hmm um and it's because he is so beloved now yeah um that people seem to forget that like when he was cast people were like well that's perfect casting for this playboy mm-hmm. billionaire archetype yeah. and well i just mean i just mean the character of iron no man. i and yes i agree people iron man is not marvel's at that time, well, I don't yeah, think it was. No. And I I'm mean, not positive on that. I kind of knew about Iron Man, but not really. But, I mean, you know, start with, start with something a little bit smaller. A character that maybe has some really rich stories to tell, but maybe but, isn't, you know, Batman or Superman or Wonder Woman. But my thing is, so, the one thing I will say about the MCU is, like you said, they all tie together. They're not making Marvel movies that aren't part of this Marvel Cinematic Universe. So uh-huh. how are they making... How are they going to be making this new Joker movie... Uh, uh, piece of news also lady gaga was uh um, announced as uh harley quinn is she playing harley quinn i think that was i know she was cast and i think it's she's a love harley interest quinn. for the joker but i didn't know she was cast as harley quinn oh uh, well i would just assumed it would be harley i quinn. mean you're probably right i don't know but what i'm saying is so they have these characters that mm-hmm. are dc property essentially yeah. um and they're making movies with them like they're supposed to the be batman doing 2 a batman is, 2 yeah. So, like, is this, are those a part of their, ten- like, that? that's where, to me, to me, as a very casual fan of the DC movie universe, that is confusing. Is it part of it or is it not? Yeah. Like, and I get it. I, I mean, maybe that's just, like, me being like, ooh, is it part of it or is it not? You know, but at the same time, it, it is, like, is this the Batman? Is this Joker? Are they gonna, like, what? I agree with you. If you want to do something separate, do something separate. If you mm-hmm. want to do something together, do something together. I don't feel like you can do both. Yeah. But I, I guess I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm just a person behind a microphone talking. <laughs> um. So moving on, there was yeah. one other piece of, I guess it's, it's not really news. It's just, um. so this movie Prey came out on Hulu, which is a movie in the Predator 
mythos and world. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know exactly when it's set, but it is set in the past with um, people indigenous to what is now America. Yeah. Uh, the United States of America, I think. Yeah. Um, and while I'm not the biggest Predator fan, I do enjoy the first movie. I've seen, I think, most of them that have come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, I find myself in that situation where I've been on Twitter and I see people complaining about the protagonist in the movie because it's a female. Mm-hmm. And people being like, how can this person defeat a Predator, you know, when they're so, when the Predator is so much stronger and all this kind of stuff. And just being relatively for lack of a better way to put it, dumb about it. And now I'm like, I kind of want to finish the podcast and then go throw this movie on. I mean, I would argue that, like, that is the hero's story. A lot of the time you have this. Well, it's also kind of the point of the first... uh, Predator movie. Predator movie, because you have all these highly trained, gung-ho soldiers. Mm -hmm. And, but that's not what is able to be used to defeat the Predator. It's uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character using, you know, uh, primitive traps and techniques and things like that to outwit a hunter. Yeah. Um, Which to me is like, well, just about anybody, male or female in that era, is going to have a base set of those skills because that's what they use to survive in that world. Yeah, and also, I will say, I also heard people people online complaining about an all-Indigenous cast, and it's like, but the movie is literally set in a time period where that would make sense. Yeah. It would be like setting It should the have movie. an all-Indigenous cast. It, yeah, and like this has long been a problem with Hollywood, and I'm glad that they didn't go that route with this movie. Like, I will admit, I think I've seen Predator. I don't think it... Mm, I don't think I've seen Predator in, like, a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, and, like, I know there's this whole, like, Predator universe and, like, Alien versus Predator, and, like, I know. I know. Yeah. Um, But, you know, for them to set this movie in, like, you know, Native America, <laughs> essentially, um, and, like, not have actual indigenous people playing them, like, what... I mean, to me, it's just, like... a it's the direction that Hollywood should go in. If they're setting a movie in, in, in yeah. that time frame, they need to have indigenous people playing it. Mm-hmm. The same as if, you know, you're setting a movie in China, you should, and the movie is about the, the Chinese, Chinese culture people and the and culture. People, yeah. You should have someone that is Chinese playing the main person, not some white person. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, and, I, and like I said, this has long been a thing. Yeah. And I will say the, the majority of the, um, of the gossip around the movie I've seen has been positive. That's good. But it's just knowing that there are people out there who are having their hot <laughs> takes about it that, you know, and I haven't even seen the movie. And I'm like, well, that's not the problem you think it is. Like, that's not a problem like you think it is. Yeah. You know, if if there, if these skills were inadequate to defeat a predator, it wouldn't matter if it was a male or female character. So it being a female character is irrelevant to your point. Again, I pose to you that it's because no, she's I know. female. I, that's, that's the point I'm making. Yeah, no, I know. So, you know, seeing people have their hot takes like that, it just makes me go, I'm probably going to like this movie. I'm going to go watch it now. Yeah, I mean, and you're, but the thing is, like, you're not the type of man that's going to be threatened by um, a woman in a titular role. Titular? Titular role. I think that's how you're supposed to say it. <laughs> I don't know. Titular? I Either don't know. way, you're you're not 
there are men out there that don't want a woman to be a hero. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately. (laughs) So at some point, I think there's part of me that just wants to go in and watch Prey, but I'm pretty sure there's at least one Predator movie that I haven't seen. So I'm like, "Mm, do I want to just start at the beginning? Do you think Michael would enjoy those movies or are uh, they too scary for him, do you think? I don't know. Because I know Predator scared the bejesus out of me when I was a little yeah. girl. So <laughs> I don't know. I, honestly, honestly, I don't think we could get him to sit down and watch it regardless. I mean, he liked Venom so much. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. Um, so I, that's it for the news. I think we take a short break. Yeah. And stretch our legs and then come back. And you Play. can talk about everything you watched and I'll talk about the couple of things I watched. All right. Get ready for the reality smackdown. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. All right. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And we're back. So, Joe, what did you watch this week? Oh, the list is long and distinguished. <laughs> uh, so, we got um, Crunchyroll. Uh-huh. And there's a series that I watched. Hold on. Do you want to explain what Crunchyroll is for people that don't know what it is, maybe? It's an anime streaming service. Here I didn't go. think it needed explanation. <laughs> so, <clears throat> Anyway, there's a series that I uh, watch called Black Clover. And so I started trying to figure out where I left off and then ultimately just deciding to pick an episode and uh, start from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a uh, so it's very similar to My Hero Academia. So it's a more fantasy based uh, world where people have magic abilities. The main character has no magic whatsoever. Mm-hmm. but gets access to it's essentially like an anti-magic sword okay and so in this world like their equivalent of becoming a pro hero is joining uh one of the magic knights squads which are you know their protectors and stuff like that the most powerful uh magic users typically mm-hmm. um so yeah i've been catching up on that and it's a really good series i think you'd like it okay um it's i don't know so far for me it hasn't been I don't know if I'd say it's as good as My Hero, but it has that big uh, over-the-top action that I like in anime, so. Okay. The only other thing I watched was uh, Wanted. Oh, uh, yeah, we just bought that. Yeah, we just bought it. It was on sale. I love this movie. Yeah, it's Um, fun. I love James McAvoy. Angelina Jolie is in it. She's always good. It has Morgan Freeman in it, and, I mean, it's Morgan Freeman. Yeah. But it's a really good movie. It's about, like, an assassin organization. And there's, 
you know, a big plot twist in it. I don't know if I want to go into the movie beat by beat, but it's a lot of really good action sequences. I think, I think it was based on a comic. I could be wrong, but it definitely has that vibe. Yeah, it definitely does. Like with the swinging bullets and stuff. Yeah, the curving bullets. Curving bullets, yeah. Yeah, so that's what I watch. I just haven't really been watching much. I've been doing a lot of reading. Yeah. Uh, but not like, you know, <laughs> advancing my uh, my knowledge reading. It's uh, game book reading. So. I mean, again, I would argue that's... Uh, oh, it's still reading. reading. I'm just saying it's you not like I'm reading... You are expanding your knowledge it's not of like the I'm reading, you like. It's not like I'm reading history texts or great literature or anything like that. But uh, Who cares? But yeah, so that's that's what I watched. Um, should we uh, should we move on over to your reality corner? Yeah, let's go. I got some. So um, I finished watching Drag Race season two, and I also finished Drag Race season three, which is uh, Raja won season three, and she was just in the most recent um, All Stars All Winners I mentioned in the last episode. Or okay. the one before it, whatever. Either way, um, it was really weird for me watching her in her own season because they kind of edited her as like like a mean girl type. And it was totally like the antithesis of who she was in now. Okay. And it was just kind of interesting to see both versions of how the show chose to make her, mm-hmm. I guess. Um but reality TV, they can edit you however they want. It's kind of in your contract when you sign on. That's what you're getting paid for. Yeah. Um, they. I also watched the season four finale of Welcome to Plathville, which is one of my many children family shows. <laughs> um, I don't know if there's supposed to be a season five. I haven't heard anything. But um, there's a big bombshell that has people talking a lot online and, like, the whole family is, like, coming out and talking against it, which is the um, eldest son, Ethan, married this girl, Olivia, and they're kind of at Olivia and Ethan's mom, Kim, have been kind of, like, at odds and, like, Olivia refuses to, like, talk to Kim and, like... All this kind of stuff, so, like, so setting, like a, setting a boundary. So like a typical TV trope of sure. mother-in-law, daughter-in-law Well, scenario. they were. They used to be really close, and then all of a sudden they wouldn't. And then they finally got Olivia to talk about it. Like, they, she was finally able to talk about it in, like, an interview type thing um, on the show. And it came out that um, Kim and Ethan, like, I guess she had access to a credit card for him. That he was so, so inept... Because, you know, they're not teaching them anything, really. Um, That she used this credit card of his. And he didn't even have access to the online portal or anything. And so Olivia finally was able to get access and, like, change the password. And so the big drama right now is, was she stealing from her own child and, like, financial abuse? Or was it by permission? And, like, they didn't interview Ethan. They didn't interview Kim. They only interviewed Olivia. So now, like, the entire family has basically come out and been like, you know, that's a lie. They had a business together. Um, And um, Ethan is not saying anything about it on social media, other than the fact that, like, he just keeps posting, like, different things with Olivia because, like, they, um, they're actually, like, for six months, they're um, overseas because she is also a photographer and she shoots weddings. So I guess she booked a bunch of weddings overseas. Uh 
but yeah, it's um, kind of interesting. It's like, I wonder who's right. I'm leaning, I lean more towards <laughs> Olivia because like, why would you want, first of all, why would Kim want everyone to know she was doing that to her own child? Number two, her own children in, well, in my opinion, her own children have been kind of, you know, brainwashed towards a certain way of life. And like, why would they want to admit that their mom did this to their brother kind of thing? If mm. they even know what really happened, you know? Yeah. But anyways, that's after show stuff. But I did watch the finale of that. I watched several other things. Uh, one thing I did want to talk about is um, the finale of F Boy Island, <laughs> which I thought was last week, but it was oh, not. I'm on the edge of my seat. I know you are. So um, there was so basically the uh, last week I had misspoke. I thought that the like I thought the twist this year or this season was going to be that like one of the nice guys chose to keep the money. But I guess that's not even an option. If you go into the show as a nice guy, you cannot choose to keep all the money for yourself. You have to split it. It's just part of the show. Is this the one where you were watching where it's like eat the, the guy and the girl each make a choice? Yes. And if they both pick share, they get to share. If one person picks share and the other person picks keep, the person who picks keep gets all of the money. Yes. That... If he's an F boy. Okay. But so what you're saying is, is if, the nice guy goes, uh -huh. they are under contract to yes. put share. Yes, they have to share. Well, then what's the point of having them pick? I don't know. Like, what's the it's whole point of the reality finale? TV. But if it's known yeah. that this is the way it works. I don't know. I'm just telling you how it is. <laughs> that the nice guys don't get the choice to keep all the money. If, if the girl picks the nice guy, he shares the money. Like that, they don't even pick. So anyway, um, this year, the twist, Nikki announced that the girls can choose to keep all the money for themselves. This was not an option before. I know. <laughs> what? The girls, okay, were, like, the girls were at no, the guy's no, I get whims it. I get, if they chose I, I an F-boy. I understand what you're saying. My, <laughs> my, my disconnect here is I understand that these shows are edited and scripted to a certain point. Yes. I did not assume that in situations like that, they're essentially picking what happens, which is basically what you're telling me. I'm kind of, yeah. <laughs> if you, if you... What's the point of even watching? I don't know, for fun. To see what the F-boys do. If, the F -boys are, if they're going to pick an F-boy, do they think they reformed him enough that he is going to share the money, essentially? That's basically what it is. So anyway, so um, Louise um, had a choice between uh, Mercedes, who's an F-boy, and Benedict, who's a nice guy, which apparently Benedict is actually like, I don't know if he's like a TikTok comic or how that works, but he tours and he's a comic. And apparently he's like a really nice guy, like for real, like everyone loves him and everything. Anyways, Louise chose Mercedes, the F-boy. And I'm just like, I don't understand why, because they had him saying like the worst things in his interviews. And again, it's some of it's the edit, of course, but he was just didn't come off very good. Let me put it that way. Um, but he actually did choose to split the money with Louise, even though they had him in his interview saying that he was going to keep all the money. It's all about the money, blah, blah, blah. But he did choose to keep or choose to split the money. And then... um. Mia chose, Mia had two F-boys. Uh, one was Peter, who was actually on the first season of F-Boy Island, and he came back. Uh, and then Danny. Um, 
and she chose Peter, which made perfect sense to me because when she found out that Peter was there, she was like, oh my God, I love Peter. I practically stalked his social media last season. Like, yeah, kind of weird. But anyway, so yeah, they, he, she chose him and he also chose to split the money. And then the big shocker was this girl, Tamaris. Um, she actually chose to keep the money for herself. And she was like, the big twist was like, I'm an F girl. And then they showed all these like edits of like her, like basically being an F girl, like saying like she's cheated before and like she doesn't really take relationships too seriously and she's all about the money and all that kind of stuff. So she ended up choosing to keep the money for herself. Um, and one thing that came out that, I mean, this this goes on all reality shows. I'm seeing it with The Bachelor. I see it with The Plaths, the Welcome to Plathville. Like, every reality show I watch, contestants will talk about this. But I guess um, Reality Steve did an interview with all the girls that were on F-Boy Island. And um, apparently Tamaris is getting death threats now because of this. Like, people are telling her to, like, you know, unalive herself and... Like, just, like, just the rudest shit. And it's, like, number one, it's reality TV. It's not that serious. Yeah. Number two, where do you get off going, like, you're anonymous on the internet to a point. But, like, that doesn't give you the right to tell someone to kill themselves. And, like, Mm -hmm. just these horrible things that, that she said that now she's been getting in her DMs. And it's, like, the same with a lot of the contestants on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, like, contestants will watch the shows and, like, they'll edit the contestants in a certain way and then they'll start getting rude social media comments and it's just, like, I could not imagine going on the internet and telling somebody that regardless. Like, even if, even if I didn't like them on a reality show, I'm not going to tweet at them to kill themselves or whatever. Like, I might, like, tweet, like, oh, that person's a real piece of work hashtag the bachelor or something you know but i'm not gonna be like that person should go die or something you know that's just it's awful and the fact that like shit people is the problem all this girl did is like keep all the money for herself (laughs) which that's a hundred thousand dollars i mean who knows what it would be after taxes probably about half of that but still it's a lot of money um other than that i'm trying to remember oh um so they finally have Ari Lundike season of The Bachelor on Hulu. That's one of the seasons I have not, like, one of the n- more new seasons that I haven't seen. He is Bachelor number 22. And they have, like, I think it's, like, 26 now. So he's fairly recent. Sounds like they tag him, like, livestock. <laughs> it's Bachelor number 22. Well, Bachelor season 22. Um... And I've never seen his season before, and it ends kind of controversially uh, because he picks a girl, and then it ends up that during the, like, final, they call it after the final rose, where, like, they do, like, a reunion show, um, he ends up breaking up with the girl he chooses and starts to date this other girl, and it was, like, really controversial at was the time. Was it another girl from the from show? From the show. Yeah, I think it's the one he doesn't pick. Like, he chose this well, one girl. Probably just the way they wrote it. <laughs> Who knows? But um, either way, um, I'm kind of interested to watch that. And he is still married to the girl that he didn't choose but chose later. Like, they're married. They Mm -hmm. have kids now. So clearly it was a good choice on his part. What is... Do you know what the, like, the statistics are on, like, how many of these 
couples and actually stay together for like to the point where they're married or still together or even just a significant relationship. Yeah, so there's this Instagram account called Bachelor Data. It's that's the account that I got uh, for the audience. Um, there she sells she does an Excel course now that like talks about like the data on the show. That's how she like helped talk uh she already knew excel but she progressed her knowledge of excel by like taking data from the bachelor and she has this course now where you can kind of learn excel by doing the same thing it's kind of like not sponsored no hashtag definitely (laughs) not sponsored by bachelor data um but um she did the statistics on the show and i think it's something it seems low when you say it i think it's something like 20 ish percent but that's like on par with every other reality show out there like it's fairly like and then they also say like you know what do you consider successful is it the person they leave the show with or is it someone that was like on their season or like just in the bachelor nation in general well i would say like if we're judging the statistics of the show it Mm -hmm. should be the person that is picked on the show to determine if it's a you know yeah well, and then there's also, like, you know, people are like, what do you consider successful? Like, did they stay together? Did they get married and have kids and now they're divorced? Like, like some people... How would... many would be would still be together? So I can think of a few, uh, like, uh, there's a bachelorette, Jojo Fletcher. She just, they just got married um, this year, her ring winner, well, but they've been together ever since. Uh, well, I, I don't... Sean I'm... Lowe and his, his final pick. Have been married, and I think they have three kids now. Okay, okay. I'm on it. The, the names mean nothing to me. I, I was just curious if you knew a statistic. Yeah, I think, like I said, I'm. I could look it up now. Well, no. If you uh, if you don't know one, it's I fine. Think, I want to say when Bachelor Data posted it, it was something like twenty ish percent, which people were saying that. Um, you know, that's not very high. But she compared it to other reality shows that are like. The Bachelor in Nature, and um, it is a very, very similar or better statistic. So, um, right, I was just curious. Yeah, I mean, and that's what people. I mean, everyone's curious because they're like, "Why is the show lasted for so long?" You know, and it because because people don't view it as a very high success rate. Um, I would say Bachelor in Paradise has a higher success rate than The Bachelor, but that's also because there's more people well, in the pool. I don't think. I don't know if people, I mean, this is me. I don't assume people watch for the love story. No, I mean, probably I would agree that a lot of people watch for the drama. And the biggest problem right now is that, like, in the current season of The Bachelor and in, like, the past few seasons, it seems like there's always been some level of, like, producer manipulation because it's reality TV and they're essentially writing a story as they go. Mm-hmm. You know, but I would venture to say that there's even more producer manipulation lately than ever before. And it, it really is starting to, like, have an effect on the overall the overall story because it's, like, kind of unbelievable in a way. Like, currently on The Bachelorette, there's two Bachelorettes. And you have um, this girl who very much seems like she's having a hard time with, like, the guy's not really choosing her because when they were ultimately decided this last or not this last week, but the week before that they had to pick a side essentially to choose one girl or the other. Um, she was basically denied three times 
by the guys. Like, she went to give them a rose, and they were like, I'm so sorry, I'm here for Gabby. And the other girl's Rachel, and she's having a really hard time. And so this week, um, they did, like, a group date for Gabby, but Rachel's guys came to, like, watch. Um, and Because they were, like, fighting. And so they were watching the fights, <laughs> essentially. And none of the guys came up to Rachel to, like, try to talk to her while this was all going on. And it's like, we as viewers, or at least viewers that watch the show, I can look at that and be like, well, yeah, no, duh, they didn't go over to her, probably because they have her blocked off so no one can get to her. The producers aren't taking people to go see her. They're in a separate area. And so, of course, then on the edit, it's going to seem like the guys were not trying to get to Rachel at all. And then she's upset and she's crying because no one's trying to, like, mm-hmm. come talk to her. And it's like, well, of course they're not because the producers aren't allowing it. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's, this, again, this is one of the reasons why I like to watch, uh, listen to the Game of Roses podcast, because they talk about this stuff, too. Um, and it's just very much like, you know, I will say I I watch it hoping for a love story. I'm not going to lie, though, and say that the drama isn't part of it. But, like, it comes to a point where it's, the drama is so manufactured and so obviously fake that... It's not interesting. And the thing is, like, there is real drama. Like, for example, in Married at First Sight this season, it really does seem like some of these couples are going to have genuinely real problems, like communication problems, things like that. Not things that it's like, oh, this person loves to budget down to the line and this person loves to spend money. Let's put them together. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's actual real things that happen to real couples in the real world, like communication issues. Um, I, I can't go beyond that really because my brain is like, yeah, blank. Fine. but, but yeah. Um, like I said, I just, I, I, I like my reality with a little drama, but I also like my reality with some love and I wish they'd kind of get back to that element a little bit, but I guess we'll see. Well, that's my reality corner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we only have one thing to talk about that we both watched. I mean, other than Big Bang, which we did watch the episode this week where Penny gives Sheldon the oh, Leonard Nimoy napkin. Yeah. And he gives with, her all the gift baskets. With the hug. Yeah. And that's, that's a good one. That's like a classic. That's like if you were going to suggest episodes of Big Bang Theory to someone like five episodes, to me, that would be one of the five. Yeah. But you really do need context on Sheldon to understand that's, why. That's true. That's so good. And like. For me, you know, we're watching it, and you know, just to touch on it a little bit, since we only have one other thing to uh, talk about, you know, like, it's very obvious, the show is extremely dated, but, I mean, all TV shows end up dated. I was gonna say, it's so funny, too, because that show is not that old, really. I mean, well, I guess the first season is almost 20 years old, isn't it? I don't know how old. (laughs) <laughs> I can look it up real quick. Sure. But, like, you know, it's it's very dated, and a lot of the um, perspectives on certain things are very dated. But, like, I don't yeah. know. I st- it's, it's fiction. Yeah. I don't expect uh, perfect accuracy. No. You, I mean, you really can't, you know. So, Big Bang Theory. Where's the year? It came out in 2007. Okay, so 15, 15? years. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so we were watching Big Bang Theory. Um, but the thing that we actually watch together that we pay attention to 100% is the Orville. Yes. And it was their uh, season, possibly series finale. Yes, episode 10, Future Unknown. 
which you know there's a double meaning in that uh in that title Mm -hmm. uh before we get into the nitty-gritty of the episode i will say from some things i've seen online um it seems like seth mcfarland's um opinion on whether or not the show will continue is that he thinks that a lot of it will depend on how well the show does once it hits disney plus yeah so, so if you're at all interested in the show, go watch it on Disney Plus. Or if you love the show already, maybe just stream it on Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah. So this episode, it's it's weird because like it's all the things that I felt were missing throughout the season, mm-hmm. uh, which is that not so serious, uh, kind of yeah, you know, I don't want to say comedy driven, but comedy definitely definitely um like in the forefront yeah uh real lives everyday life on the ship kind of stuff um but for a even just a season finale uh, but especially a potential series finale it was a little weird because typically shows will go big for those things yeah and this was not a big episode and i mean granted maybe it was a budget thing like oh we blew our entire budget on the rest of the season but but it it's an extremely good and funny episode yeah so some elements of the episode um bordis and clyden are basically renewing their vows in the mocklin way or re getting remarried yeah. in the mocklin yes way oh my god <laughs> do you want to say <laughs> so mocklin culture uh the way they um declare themselves as bonded or as uh mates i forget exactly what it is uh yeah. there's a short ceremony and then they both disrobe <laughs> and then one of them takes off running through the forest and the other one has to pursue them and catch them yeah and then they are like full-on sprinting and you know once they get once the runner i guess gets caught yeah they, they uh con- consummate consummate yeah uh the, Which they didn't the show bonding. that part, but they did show the chase scene, the running through the forest. At one point, Clyden hits Bordis with a rock. Yeah. Like, <laughs> not just a, like a boulder. Yeah, like a full on boulder. It was so funny. Yeah, it, it's really good. Um, Isaac proposed this. This, uh, so Bordis's and Clyden's uh, wedding, I guess, uh, gets Isaac, I guess, thinking because he's in a relationship with Claire. Yeah. And so he proposes to Claire. They spend some time on that. And yeah, like, Claire's like, you know, should I do this? Should I mm-hmm. not? But ultimately, she agrees to marry him. And it's actually really sweet and um, yeah, kind of is. interesting. Yeah, it is. Um, I would say that, like, the only... Um, I don't know, because the marriage thing is the plot of the thing. But I guess either I guess maybe the B plot would be um, so in a previous season, they went to this planet where um, I wrote it down. Is it Sargus or something like that? Yes, Sargus four. Sargus four, where people's I guess worth and fate are kind of determined by a like and dislike system you know yeah, it mimics our social media and it is basically I remember they they call it something like an extreme democracy because you're essentially up or down voting yeah um well in the previous season they made contact with somebody who lived on the planet and they know their secret and I guess kept a uh communication, communication. device and they're reaching out basically they bring her on board and this person has basically had enough of the the their system for the likes and dislikes and stuff like that. Yeah. 
Um, and it create the the plot line with her is mainly about like yeah you know, I we've talked about it before um, on on this show about the idea of matter replication and how much it could change a world, but like in this perspective because the person that they bring on uh, what's her do you have her name written down I did not write down her name but nope she's like you know this could change things on my planet this could come you know there are millions uh dying of thirst you know every day or however you know frequently and stuff like that why don't you guys just give, give this technology to, to people and they're and the point is they're trying to impress on um the the character that you know you can't just go handing this out you know a uh your uh, world basically has to develop yeah. both socially and technologically at the same time in order to make this work and then at one point kelly does show her a world where they brought this technology before the society was ready and base honestly basically what happens is exactly what would happen if we were to develop that technology now which is the rich would try to exploit it and sell it Mm -hmm. and not let the poor have it and then making the divide greater yeah and we ended up destroying ourselves in five years um the one thing i found interesting that the girl from sargus 4 said that i specifically wrote down what that reminded me a lot of our current world is that um the only way people come together is to downvote yes and like that's so true of our society right now like we're all very quick to jump on the negative as Mm -hmm. opposed to the positive yeah um you and know. it does seem like the negative voices are louder. Oh, for sure. Like there and you know, people upvote the negative voices because it gets y'all riled up and Yeah. And all that. But um but yeah, basically they were trying to impress upon her that your planet we, we can't do anything. Mm-hmm. We you know, Unfortunately. You you kind she kind of discovered them, I won't want to say accidentally, but that basically, you know, and she helped save um Lamar. Lamar on her planet from being executed and all that. Um, and that was in the previous that uh, was in the episode previous that where they were on the planet. But like, yeah. it's just, it's at the end of the day, this is top tier sci-fi mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're a fan of sci-fi, I say watch it. And especially because it seems like it's fate and whether or not it continues is kind of up in the air. Yeah. And views is what's going to get more of it made. So just go check it out. You know, yeah. you could watch all three of the seasons that are out right now. Is it three or four? It's three. It's three. This is yeah. the third You season. could watch all three of the seasons and then decide, no, I don't really like it. But, yeah. you know, give it a shot. Because like it, it is top tier sci-fi, in really my quick, opinion. Really quick, two of my favorite moments or two of the funnier moments from the episode. Number one, the sandwich coming back. Yes. That uh, Malloy. So in the episode with the time where, where Malloy gets like put onto current Earth, essentially, um, it, before he got sent himself, he had sent a sandwich three For, months yeah. into the future. And then they're all having a discussion. And then all of a sudden, an egg salad sandwich appears right in front of him. And it was like at the perfect moment uh, to make him like. It was just like a happy. Yeah. It was. It made was him like, happy. I knew this sandwich would make me happy yeah. when it reappeared. And then the second moment that was like so freaking funny was um, the Kalon stripper at Claire's bachelorette yes. party. <laughs> that was that was and good with the with the um, tassels that like yeah. came out of the chest. <laughs> it was good. It's, it was so funny. <laughs> and it's just it's such a fresh take for sci-fi. Yeah. In my opinion, like I don't know, I personally don't know of many other um, shows or movies or anything that approach it this way, where it's legitimate normal comedy yeah but with these 
very prominent sci-fi tropes and yeah. tackling social topics and stuff like that. And it's just, it's done so well. Like, you know, Seth MacFarlane, you know, I, I do like Family Guy. I haven't watched it in a long time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Seth MacFarlane is, I think, with this show, showing that he is much more than just, uh, like a funny just, guy. The, fi- just the Family Guy yeah. guy. Yeah, um, I was also going to say, too, like, I really liked the way they approached... Uh, I, they approach Claire and Isaac's relationship in general, mm-hmm. but specifically the way they approached, like him, like Isaac, falling in love with Claire, asking him to marry her, or asking her to marry him, and then his vows. It's just you know to remember that Isaac doesn't have emotions. Mm-hmm. You know he's kind of like Data in Next Gen, mm-hmm. um, and to have love be a logical binary decision in some ways is almost more romantic than it being an emotional decision in ways like you know it's it honestly like back to big thing big bang theory it kind of reminds me of that moment when like sheldon tells amy that he loves her it's very much based on like well this these are these are the feelings that i have and, and the only explanation i can ha- give them would be that i love you i think that's pretty yeah, much pretty, what he pretty much through. what he says um and it, for isaac it's kind of the same thing like and and i think the most romantic thing was him telling her that like you know i'll take care of you i'll take care of your children i'll take care of your children's children mm-hmm. and it's cause, well, yeah, when, because claire points out that like eventually she's going to die like that's a natural human function mm-hmm. and he's basically like you know yeah but but when you're gone, I will make sure that your children are taken care of and all of your descendants. Yeah, and it's just like, that is fucking romantic as yeah. hell. <laughs> it's, it's just everything, in my opinion, yes, you know, the show is heavy-handed with its stance on these social issues that it takes mm-hmm. or that it uh, tackles. But I do think that they're telling good stories still. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's such a great show. I love it. It's, I mean... I'm hopeful this isn't the end. But if, you know, if it is, it did end. It was satisfying. And they did kind of hint that, like, maybe there's something rekindling between Kelly and Ed. Like, they kind of held hands and looked at each other. Yeah. And so there definitely could be. I'm still kind of sad we don't have Lamar or Lamar or uh, Malloy hooked with anybody yet. Yeah. Um, and they tried with Lamar and Tala, but she was like beating him up. That didn't yeah. work. Um, that was in a previous episode, but it would just be nice to get more. But if this is the end, I'm not upset. Like they didn't leave it as a cliffhanger. They left everyone happy. <laughs> the ship didn't blow up at the end. Um, so yeah, one of my, <laughs> one of my favorite moments from the show was, um, when, Tala and Ed are helping uh, Claire try to pick out a wedding dress. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "What do you think, Captain?" And he's like, "I think they look. I think it looks great. But do you like it? I think you look great." And then they show the other one. He's like, "Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's whatever you want." And it's just like <laughs> it's such the guy mentality. Yeah. That's exactly how you would be if it was like. But I, but but here's the difference. If there was a dress that looked above and beyond better than the other ones, you would be like, oh, yeah, that's for sure. That one looks well, better. If I was on talking you. to you about it, yes. But if it was just <laughs> in general, like, I don't know. I'm not there to, you know, pick anybody else's clothes or anything. Like, I don't know. I wouldn't know what to do. 
But it was just so good. It's um, and it, it, again. I think this this episode had the most the most moments of levity. Yeah. Than any because all the other episodes were so heavy sometimes in subject matter, and this was just. I mean, pretty much every single segment. Like it basically, it came from a place of love. Even the girl that yeah. came from Sargus Four, she loves her planet. She wants it to be better, you know. And she was just trying to make it better. But she, so the girl from Sargus Four is staying on the Oroville. She made yeah. that decision. They she's basically not, granted her asylum. Yeah. Um, well, and maybe not so much on the Oroville, but she's not going back. She's to She's not planet. going back to her planet. She's gonna stay. So I'm interested to see if they do another season, if she will become like a part of the main cast. Mm-hmm um that would be interesting um yeah so for me like i know i talked about like wanting a little bit little bit more comedy throughout mm-hmm. the rest of the season uh season and like i totally understand them not doing it because you know they're you know addressing some very serious issues and yeah. there aren't a lot of people that can accept and i don't want to say accept but there aren't a lot of people that would look at um an episode circling around um you know a child's sexual identity yeah and also having an abundance of comedy in it. Like, yeah. I totally get that some viewers would look at that and be like, why are you making a joke out of this? Yeah. And I get it. Um, me personally, I can separate those two things. You can have a joke in the show not related to that topic. Yeah. And I don't I don't personally look at it as making a joke about that topic. Yeah. Uh, but some people would. And because for some people, that kind of um, situation is so very real to them it, it yeah, could be their story yeah and it's not funny um so i don't fault the show or yeah. the viewers who wouldn't like that i don't fault them it's just it, it's like all of the comedy from the rest of the season and the the lightness of it was all in this episode and it was nice it, like i said it's a, yeah. it's a satisfactory ending if it is an ending yeah i'm just i'm gonna be tweeting you know hashtag save the orville and hopefully Maybe we'll get lucky and we'll get some more. Yeah. But I think um, I think that's all we have. Yep. For this week. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, hey, you know, I was about to be like, sorry for all the reality TV. But you know what? It's something I enjoy and I shouldn't apologize for the things I like. So I'm not going to. But um, there isn't really anything new that yeah. I'm watching as far as reality TV goes. Um, it's all going to be old stuff. So, like, I might talk about it a little bit next week. Other than that, we have, like, nothing yeah. we're watching yep um she hulk starts pretty soon doesn't it yes i have it in the calendar it might yeah. start actually that might start next week or the week after well regardless you know whatever we're watching we'll talk about yeah. so oh um, um as a note the i am groot the series the full season is out on wednesday okay so you know who knows maybe we'll watch that <laughs> okay so yeah thanks for listening if you listened yeah, thank you very much. We appreciate all the listens. And, you know, we wouldn't mind some engagement if you want to leave us a review or, you know, just drop some five stars if you don't really care that much and or, you know, reach out on Twitter or whatever. You know, yeah. You know, it just, you know, knowing that some people are actually listening and enjoying it <laughs> could make it uh, even more fun for us. Definitely. So with that, uh, thanks for listening. And we will see you next time for your regularly scheduled programming. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.